You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. This episode of The Assembly Call is brought to you by Crane Credit Union. Get a $150 deposit into your new Crane Credit Union checking account when you get e-statements, have direct deposit, and use your debit card. Plus, there's no monthly service charges and no minimum balance to open your account. Stop into any of Crane Credit Union's 14 locations or visit their website at cranecu.org for more information. That's cranecu.org. Crane Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of Assembly Call Radio. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, brought to you by HoosierProud.com. This is the 22nd episode of Assembly Call Radio, recorded on the evening of Thursday, April 6th, 2017. Well, we're now well into week number two of the Archie Miller era at Indiana, and things continue to go well. Colin Hartman is back. Bruiser Flint is on board. No unexpected player transfers have occurred, and we've even gotten to see some highlights from a big man workout that Archie conducted with the likes of Jawan Morgan, Freddie McSwain, Deron Davis, and Thomas Bryant. More on him here in a second. No, things haven't been perfect. John Gross would have made for an excellent assistant coach, but he's taking the head job at Akron, and we still await the final word from six players on their potential futures as Hoosiers, three potential pros and three incoming freshmen. But given the tumult that can arise when a coaching change occurs, Indiana's transition to Archie Miller has been about as smooth as could be hoped for. And for a program that has made coaching transitions much harder on itself than necessary over the past three decades, the relative calm of the early days of the Archie Miller era is a welcome and encouraging sign. And we are excited to discuss everything happening in the world of IU basketball with you right here on Assembly Call Radio. I am your host, Jared Morris, here with Ryan Phillips and a special guest who I will introduce here in a moment, a new regular member of the Assembly Call team. And of course, you can listen to the Assembly Call IU postgame show live immediately after every IU basketball game at assemblycall.com and then catch us every Friday night here for Assembly Call Radio. And if you can't listen live, no worries. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, SoundCloud, and more. You will find us in all of those places. Well, I will begin this week's show as I begin every post-game show and every episode of Assembly Call Radio, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And the banner moment for me this week was Thomas Bryant's presence in the Big Man workout video. And if you didn't see that video, it was put out. They tweeted it out from the official Indiana Basketball Twitter account. Uh, Again, it was just it was a workout at Cook Hall. Archie Miller was there. It showed all the big men going through a series of drills. And Thomas was there. And OG was not there, but Thomas was. And it may not mean much, but it does at least mean this. It means that Thomas is still on campus. He's still in school. And he's not so brokenhearted over Tom Crean getting fired that he isn't giving Archie Miller a chance. And, you know, given Archie Miller or given Thomas Bryant's closeness to Tom Crean and given his status as a potential draft pick next year, it wouldn't have shocked anybody to, you know, see him maybe preparing for the NBA in another way. Uh, But the fact that he's on campus, the fact that he's at that workout is at least a good sign. So I still expect, and I think most people expect, Thomas to dip his toes into the NBA waters and at least go through the pre-draft process, especially since he didn't last year. But his presence at the workout suggests that his early entry into the NBA may be less of a foregone conclusion than we once thought. And now let me introduce my esteemed co-host to my left, sitting in the hallowed chair of one Andy Bottoms, who has the week off but will be back soon, is the newest member of our assembly call team, Zach McCrite. Zach is an Indiana native, a graduate of IU Southeast, and an 11-year radio veteran, having hosted shows in St. Louis, Oklahoma City, and, of course, back home in Indiana. He also hosts the podcast about sports radio. Zach, welcome to the assembly call. 
Good to be here. I'm uh, privileged that you even asked. So uh, I'm I'm very happy to do it. I've, I've been a listener for uh, for a, quite a while now. So while I am uh, very very familiar with your all's voices, um, I'm sure many that are listening aren't familiar with mine. So it's nice to uh, be a part. No, it's great to have you here. Great to have you here. So we still need a clever name for your opening segment. Obviously, Andy has his bottoms line. Ryan has his rant. I have the banner moment. Uh, but by default for right now, we'll go with McCrite's <laughs> Minute. And if we can think of something better, we will certainly yes, do that's so. Yes, I'm, sh- I'm sure the people that will listen to the show will come up with something uh, <laughs> much more creative. Uh, but I don't have many creative bones in my body, uh, as big as they already are. Um, no, uh, but I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go. I'm go. I, all the stuff that, that you said, and thank, and thank you for the, uh, the, uh, welcome, um, is all true. I just moved back to Indiana after a five year stint away doing sports radio in St. Louis and Oklahoma city. We had a daughter that, um, our first kid, a second one on the way, but, uh, she ended up having to have open heart surgery at four months old. So that kind of got the wife um, uh, a little homesick for the first time. So it was uh, back home again in Indiana before, before we knew it. So, um, but very happy to be back, been back for just about a year now. And um, it's, it's very, uh, it's very different watching Indiana games back in Indiana than it was um, away. There is uh, far more, I don't know. You just kind of feel it. You kind of feel the buzz um, more than more than when you feel it away. So um, very happy to be here. I know you're going to talk a lot about Thomas Bryant or we are. So I'll save a lot of that. Um, I'll just let people know that as far as my thoughts on um, Archie Miller being uh, the new head coach in Indiana, I'm I'm all for it that I was I was one of the guys that um I'm sure I kind of fit in the mold. Like, what do they call those? They call them Venn diagrams, where you got circles that all overlap each other, right? Where I was probably in the group that, um, you know, would have loved a Billy Donovan. Obviously, you know, would have loved the pie in the sky, um, and and was very much cool with Steve Alford. My next choice after Donovan probably would have been Greg Marshall. That's just me. And then I was also the part of the Venn diagram that stayed out of the Steve Alford camp. So that was me. I know everybody else is kind of, you know, all those, all those circles overlap somewhere for everybody, but that's just a little bit of the background on me as, as much as you can get in a uh, quote unquote McCrite minute, but uh, I'm very happy to be here. Great to have you. And to my right, we have a man who believes the only thing missing from the national championship game was a few more foul calls a columnist for TheBigLead.com, and someone who remains very interested in the position of shot doctor on Archie Miller's inaugural Indiana staff. He is Ryan Phillips. Ryan, what is your opening rant about the last week in IU basketball? First of all, just Archie, call me. I'm here for you, buddy. (laughs) Uh, No, I I think that just, I think, sort of like you said, Jared, it just seems like everything's progressing the way it should be right now. There's no uh, emergency of a new coach and let's, you know, a bunch of guys leaving, a bunch of new guys coming. It just seems like it's actually a pretty smooth transition so far. Of course, I know I've just jinxed it, but uh, at this point, it feels like you know Miller has come in, and and at least what he said to some of the guys has really resonated because you're seeing guys commit to staying, uh, going to that workout, as you said. Uh, you know, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's going to 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 stay that way. We don't know. We'll see how it unfolds. I keep getting questions from people. My dad, mostly, who's uh, an adopted Indiana fan, keeps asking me, like, well, when are we going to know about this? When are we going to know about this? I'm just like, calm down. It's going to take a few weeks for everybody. I mean, he can't even go visit recruits until I believe it was today uh, or maybe it's next week. I'm not sure, but I, I know it's coming up. Today. But he, he, you know, he can't even do that yet. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen. And, and maybe he doesn't vibe with the guys or that doesn't fit in. I mean, there's still, you know, some time left for this all to work itself out. But, uh, you know, it just feels like it's been a smooth transition and like his attitude is is in the right place for Indiana where he's worried about right now working on the players that are here, uh, building relationships around the state uh, as quickly as he can but focusing mostly on things internally and, uh, and then also connecting with the kids who are already recruited and, and who already have letters of intent with Indiana and, and figuring that out. So, um, yeah, I, I just feel like it, we're right now we're in a place where 
everything seems like it's going smoothly and it seems like he's fitting in and, and hitting the ground running as opposed to, you know, dropping like a bomb and, and having to sort of sort everything out and then move forward and rebuild everything. Uh, it seems like he's kind of just, just plopped in and hit the ground running. Yep. All right. Well, we have a jam-packed episode of Assembly Call Radio for you, as we always do. We're going to pick back up with a little bit of Thomas Bryant talk the rest of this segment. Uh, we're each going to give a key takeaway from Archie Miller's media roundtable that he hosted earlier this week, which was very, very interesting. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of early recruiting talk because there have been a few interesting uh, news and notes that have come out there. Uh, and then if we have time, we're going to begin a new series that will carry forward here on Assembly Call Radio, a player breakdown, where each week we'll take a segment and break down a player uh, looking forward to what he needs to especially work on, improve on going into next season. And if we do have time for that segment, we're going to talk about Deron Davis tonight. All of that and possibly even more on this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio. But first, I do want to take a quick second and tell you about our presenting sponsor, HoosierProud.com, because if you consider yourself a Hoosier and not just an IU Hoosier, but someone who is proud to have roots in the great state of Indiana, then you need to check out HoosierProud.com, where they offer a line of t-shirts and accessories that are unmatched for anyone who wants a unique, stylish way to display their pride in being a Hoosier. And if you're a proud member of the Assembly Call audience, there are also many ways at HoosierProud.com that you can display that Assembly Call pride as well with our zip-up hoodie, our t-shirt, all of our uh, merchandise, at least the t-shirts and the uh, and the hoodie, are now there at HoosierProud.com, and we hope that you will take a look. Check that out, and whether it's an Assembly Call shirt that you want or one of the other really cool Hoosier Proud uh, shirts that have really neat Indiana-themed uh, designs on them, you can use the promo code AC, and you will receive a 15% discount on your entire order. So go to HoosierProud.com, browse their entire selection of items, and use the promo code AC to receive 15% off at HoosierProud.com. This is the Assembly Call. I am Jared Morris here with Zach McCright and Ryan Phillips talking about IU basketball here on Assembly Call Radio. And guys, let's talk a little more about Thomas Bryant. Uh, because, again, you know, I think the expectation is that he will test the waters. In fact, I, I mean, I think it would just be smart for him to go through that entire process. But, you know, Ryan, when you look at it, you know, Draft Express has him as the 39th pick in this year's draft. So a second rounder. Uh, and we've often heard that the big man depth in next year's draft is not what it is like this year. And, you know, Thomas didn't have a great sophomore season, so his stock certainly didn't go up any. Do you think, and we had this question on Twitter, do you think he would benefit from staying another year, playing under Archie Miller, and yes, possibly showing more polish to his game, but also obviously running the risk of both injury and having more of his flaws exposed? Well, I think it's it's no secret that his draft stock dropped this year. Um, if you're looking at last year to this year, it would have been smarter for him to go pro last year. Um, but I, I do agree. I think, I think he should come back because I think that he has a chance to inflate his draft stock tremendously with a good junior season. Um, I realize a lot of people, their inclination would be no go now, or it could get worse. I don't think, I think Thomas is too talented to have another down year. And I think he was dragged down by the team a bit this year. And, and, you know, he was part of that as well. I mean, just not playing disciplined basketball, um, with the rest of the guys. So I think it's absolutely to his benefit to come back. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an Indiana fan. I, I mean, we have Deron Davis as the next guy who we're going to talk about later. Um, but I think that quite frankly, in a more coherent offense with more veteran guys around, he's going to have a better chance to showcase himself. Um, and so I, I would really like to see him come back. I, I think absolutely you're right. He should do the process. He should go to the combine. He did that last year. Uh, get advice. I don't. There's no negative to doing that. I think OG Ananobi should do that as well. I don't think. I don't uh, think he did it last year. I think he said, "I'm staying." Oh, and, Brian did. You're right. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, uh, James did. James did. Yeah. And and um, and, and Troy Williams did. Was the other was the other yeah. underclass did it. Um, but no, I, I, I think that there's no, there's no downside to doing that, especially the way the NBA is set up now where you can go in and, and after the combine decide to return and get the advice. I think there's no, there's no downside to that and he should absolutely do it. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't see a problem with declaring and coming back and, and not hiring an agent. And, and I, I believe he should do that. I mean, Zach, you spent a lot of time in an NBA market covering an NBA team, the Oklahoma city thunder. What would you, what do you think Thomas will do and what do you think he should do? Well, 
by the way, my my MBA uh, grading is not very good. I can remember before I even left to to go do radio out of market. I watched Brownsburg High School play here in Indiana in the semi-state, which is you know the Final Four, um, and Gordon Hayward was on that team. And this was remember this was before Butler had even made a Final Four, and and uh, and I was like, this kid's going to Butler. Why this kid's he's not very good. He's not he's going to Butler. Well, so to be fair to you, at that point he was a tall, skinny tennis player. Oh yeah, yeah. He he was like 150 pounds dripping wet. But then, but then even so, you know, to go forward when he was a Butler, I was like, this guy's going to really leave now and go to the NBA. He's crazy. So I just want to say how refreshing it is for someone to admit that they missed on on scouting a player because Ryan has scouted every player perfectly. I actually have though, Jared. I've done pretty good. Let's be honest. Um, One thing I will say about 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 Hayward though, and you may have been right. He is one of the few examples of a guy who spent most of his rookie year in the D League and wound up being successful. I always that's my projection for kids. If you're going to spend your rookie year in the D League, you're done. I mean, look at Noah Vonley. He started some games for Portland this year, but his career has never taken off because when he jumped, he wasn't ready. They were drafting him on potential. And in the NBA, if you aren't impacting a game early, they're going to forget about you. Troy's kind of in that limbo right now, too. I know we're getting off subject a little bit, but he's kind of in that limbo now. Well, he's too, also uh, a guy who went undrafted, though. You know, I mean, that's true. So, that's true. Yeah. You know, he, he everything that he gets in the NBA is is certainly a positive. Um, but anyway, my point was while while Ryan was speaking, I. I was trying to look it up as fast as I could, um, and I only know how to do this with uh, with Chad Ford's mock drafts because um, he, you know, he does the the whole 1.0 and 2.0 and 3.0, and I don't really know how to do that with Draft Express. But has has Thomas Bryant's um, number on Draft Express gone down since the season ended? I felt like he was late first round. He's been he's been all over the place. He's been late first round. I think there was a time when he was even in the 2017 draft. Or the 2018 draft, and now he's back on the 2017 board. So he's bounced around a little bit. It's just amazing how much he's fallen to where, you know, I know during the season when I was talking to my friends about Thomas Bryant, I was like, look, man, if he's going to be in the the first round, I mean, who are we to say don't go? You know, I mean, you're going to get a guaranteed contract, et cetera, et cetera. But, (laughs) I mean, he's still falling. It feels like he's still falling to where um, you're certainly – I mean, I think we can say this with certainty – you're certainly not guaranteed a first round uh, spot anymore. Um, that would be my that, that really that's my only um, criteria, I guess, for whether I think a player should stay or go. I just want to make sure you're guaranteed a contract, you know. So, um, you know, but every situation is different. I thought it was fantastic to see him on the video um, and and to see that he's practicing, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, uh, I, I I think I think the right move would be to stay. I thought he missed Yogi last year. I thought, or this past you know this past season. I, I, we all did. Really, yeah, you, God, so did I. <laughs> yeah, I know, right, right. So did everyone else in Indiana. My bad, but um, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, the the pick and roll. It just it seemed like all of that stuff grooved with him and Yogi. I thought he missed that this year. Who knows what it'll be next year? I think he'll have to kind of reinvent himself if he does come back um, slightly. You know, but um, it, it, all in all it'll probably be better for him in terms of uh, draft stock. So um, I hope he comes back, and I think it would be the smart move given that his family situation and everything there is okay. Yep. All righty. Well, coming up on the Assembly Call, we are going to talk about Archie Miller's media roundtable that he hosted this week, give you some key takeaways from that. That is coming up on Assembly Call Radio. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call presented by HoosierProud.com. I'm Jared Morris here talking IU hoops with Zach McCright and Ryan Phillips. And in case you missed it, uh, earlier this week, Archie Miller hosted a roundtable for some of the local media members. Rick Bozich was there. Greg Doyle was there. Greg Gottfried, guys from the Herald Times. I think maybe a few others were there. Uh, And as I've said a couple of places, it must have been a really inspiring meeting with Archie Miller because some of the writing that came out of it was really, really good. Some of the best uh, IU basketball writing I feel like we've gotten uh, this entire offseason. So kudos to the guys who were there. Uh, and, and, And really just, you know, thank you for for sharing that perspective, obviously, for those of us who weren't able to be there. And I actually did a three point shot. Uh, article and episode about this so if you want to go back uh, and and listen in the podcast archive or go to assemblycall.com slash three-point shot you can read the entire article that I wrote about this 
But I want to give both of you guys a chance to respond and, and react to some of what Archie Miller said in there because there was a lot, and I think a lot to react to. And I'll just say that my you know kind of macro reaction to it and my reaction to really everything Archie has done since he's been named head coach is that he really seems to have his priorities in order. I think for any coach of a college sports team, your priority is the players on your team. And I've been so impressed with the fact that Archie has – welcomed in the current players with open arms. I mean, saying, you know, he inherited them, he didn't recruit them, but they are his guys. And the fact that he really pushed everything else off, including, you know, uh, really going forward, hiring, you know, all of his staff and, you know, going out and, and doing some recruiting, that kind of stuff. He really pushed all that aside to focus on the current players. And I think you see that in the fact that we haven't had any transfers, you know, and a guy like Thomas Bryant is still sticking around. So that investment that he's made in them really seems to be paying off. And I think that is going to really help Indiana have a much better 2017-18 season than maybe we would have expected otherwise in the first season of a new coach. So I've been really impressed with that, and it really hit home You know, reading some of the articles about that media roundtable. Zach, what stuck out, or stuck out for you uh, kind of reading some of the reactions to that? Really, that was, uh, that was mostly uh, the big thing that stuck out to me. I, 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 I don't know if I'm in the minority or the majority, honestly, but I kind of, if you would have asked me before Archie Miller came on, I would have thought, uh, you know, if you would have asked me, what do you want Archie to do first? I would have been, go talk to every recruit. I mean, go talk to every Indiana high school coach. Go talk to every, if you're, if you're truly inside out, which I love that line, then get out there and talk to those guys. And so reading this kind of made me take a step back. It seemed like he learned some sort of lesson from how he did this at Dayton. Um, self-awareness is a beautiful thing isn't it it really is it really which which honestly that might be my takeaway um for him to uh, to have the the uh just the self-awareness the the ability to to look inside and go okay where did I err at the last place that I was at Uh, I need to fix this and um and decide I'm going to start with the players that are here was um was almost kind of awe-inspiring. Not that that's the right way to do it or the wrong way to do it. It's just that he did it a different way than he had did it, done it before. So um, very interesting to me. I, I love the um, – I, I thought uh, both Bozich and Doyle, I thought, wrote great great columns like you said. And uh, I love uh, Doyle kind of um, keeping an eye on the uh, – uh, the 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 brown wrapper that goes over the top of the uh, paper coffee cup and what Miller had done with it the entire time they were talking that was a great anecdote uh, which was, which is which is great that that's that's what makes him a great writer so um, that sort of stuff and and I won't spoil it for those who haven't read it but I, I've given enough away already but I really thought um, it it, it kind of showed the self introspective uh, nature in which uh, Archie has uh, in him and can be and maybe that can can uh, dwindle on down to uh, this Indiana squad. And as Brian F. notes in our chat, and by the way, our chat always goes at assemblycall.com uh, slash live, uh, what I learned from Archie Miller's roundtable, buy stock in Mother Bear's Pizza, because apparently he's been ordering Mother's Bear, no Mother Bear's Pizzas every night. So I don't think Archie's been eating well. And Archie, we need you to take care of yourself. Eat better. It's got to be more than coffee and pizza. Maybe when his family gets back I town, did. I he'll eat note that. Better. I'm like, what is I, he, a cr- what is he a crab fisherman? It's like <laughs> coffee and Red Bull and whatever. Isn't that great? And, and, every, yeah. and by the way, people like me, very jealous of people like Archie Miller. That is not very cool what he does. And he flaunts it to all these sports writers. It makes me crazy. Ryan, what was your takeaway? Uh, I just think that, that he's a guy who knows what he wants and knows what he wants to do. And he's focused. I mean, this is not a guy coming in and learning on the job. I mean, he he has a... Uh, he has a set protocol that he believes in and that he is going to, you know, use and, 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 and not have to change what he's doing because he's moving up a level. He knows what works. He comes from that family. I mean, that family is loaded with coaching knowledge. I mean, they're, they're friends with, they're close friends with, with Calipari and, and whatever you think of Calipari, he's a good coach. I mean, a a good actual basketball coach. Don't worry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, but no, he's, you know, technically from a basketball perspective, he is a good coach who gets a lot out of players. And and so he's surrounded himself his entire life with people who know what they're doing. And so he has a philosophy and, um, you know, just 
something he feels good about, and he he's certainly thought this out. This isn't a guy flying by the seat of his pants. He knows what he wanted to come in and do, and he had that set up. And he, you got to think that for a couple of years, he knew he was looking at at moving up, you know, to another job, and he had a plan for what he was going to do when he got there. And and a, a place like Indiana, he had a plan. And um, you know, I think that a lot of fans feel the same way that Zach does that the first thing you need to do is recruit, 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 you know, go talk to coaches, all that stuff. But I think it's, I I think it's what he said. It's solidify what's going on with the players, figure out what you've got coming back, especially with so many veterans coming back, you know, lock that in because that's the power base from which you're going to build. And you may not get a good recruiting class next year because these guys have been recruited for two or three years by the guys you're going up against. So lock in that team. The best way to get recruits and to get coaches to pay attention to you is to win. If you win, the kids will come. You'll see some losing programs score great talent every once in a while, but the best way to get kids consistently is to win consistently and to produce consistently and he knows the way to do that is with the guys he's already got and and to form them into a cohesive unit get them on the same page and then move forward from there and and i think we'll see him over the next couple weeks really start to reach out to the indiana uh you know coaches the aau coaches i i mean i would assume he's already doing that behind the scenes but i think we'll see him you know visible presence uh in some of those places um, because I think he knows how important that is. And every AAU, I mean, I was texting with people during this coaching search, and every AAU and high school coach I talked to, assistants, head guys, whatever, they all told me they love Archie Miller and thought he would be a great fit if Indiana went that route. Indiana wound up going that route, and these people all like him. So um, I think the fact that he has a dad who was a high school coach probably helps. He can relate to those people and, and their lives and what they deal with. So yeah. I think it's perfect what he's doing, and, and, and then I think over the next few weeks you will see him start to branch out. But the thing that stood out to me from each of those uh, articles that came out was how confident he is in what he's doing and how – you know, he already had a plan for this. This was long, you know, and this wasn't something he came up with in the few days after he took the job. He had this ready and he knew what he wanted to do. You're listening to the Assembly Call presented by HoosierProud.com. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Zach McCry. You know, I'll tell you two other things real quick that stood out. Number one, the complete lack of excuses. Like he's not laying the groundwork for struggles in 2017-18. He wants to win now, and he will be shocked and disappointed if Indiana doesn't win and play well and be very competitive as soon as next season, and I liked seeing that. Uh, The other thing, and I want to get both your guys' reaction to this, is he pretty much stated it, at least it was stated as near certainty that there will be a home-and-home series with Arizona against his brother Sean, which I think is awesome. I mean, you know, we've all been wanting better should games that, in the non Should that really shock us? No, <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't. But, but it, look, I, there's some, you know, would everybody want to do that? Because obviously, you know, sometimes you might not, you know, against your brother, you may not want to ha- take the risk of putting a, you know, a loss on each other's record. And so I'm not sure that everybody would do that. But I love that competitive fire. And obviously, if he can get the Kentucky series going again, that would just be, you know, well, that a was, cherry on that top. Was the other but, thing, that was the other thing, Jared, that I, that I noted is that, he he said that the Kentucky series, you know, they asked him about the Kentucky series, and he was like, "That's that's kind of I don't know, I can't say verbatim, I can't remember." I think what he, he said, said it's, that's, "That's bigger than me, bigger yeah, than me." Yeah, grade, it's basically. above that. That's what I was thinking, Ryan. That it was above his pay grade, and um, so it's very interesting how that goes. You know, you can only do so much, but even if you're the head coach at IU, you still you still can't have the final say, at least seemingly, in uh, in starting up the IU UK series. I know that bugs some people, but. Um, my friends will attest. I don't. I, I don't know who else would, but uh, my friends that I text back and forth with on IU basketball all the time will attest that uh, my biggest gripe of all the gripes, and I know there are a lot with Tom Crean. There are a lot of great things too, but of all the gripes, the non-conference schedule was number one in my book, and I could not stand it year in and year out. And I know this year we're you know North Carolina, Kansas. I get it, but. Um, enough just please if anything Archie Miller this year enough with the plus 300 RPI teams I'll take 200 I mean get, well, give me 205 that's fine his history plus suggests that he will break. schedule much better. well and to be to be fair that also falls on Fred Glass's head as well. absolutely I mean absolutely he, you know in a lot of ways he is the influential guy in scheduling it's his you know a lot of these are done with relationships with other athletic directors and Fred doesn't have a deep Rolodex he's got to figure that out now 
I mean, and, and I think it'll be great that Archie's definitely going to push for that, I think. And, and so if you're getting pushed, then you'll work on it. But, uh, you know, that's why we saw a lot of the same teams in every year for during Crean's tenure, because he had relationships with those people and could get them on the schedule and get them to come to Assembly Hall. Any other final thoughts on, on what you read from Archie uh, in this roundtable? Anything else that we've seen this week before we move on and start talking about some players? The other thing that I would say, Jared, is that uh, the comparison, um, you know, that you no know, excuses, you know, that's one of the things that I know he was big on in talking to his players about uh, or talking about uh, his players in the press conference, the opening press conference was no excuses for the players. And it's very nice. You don't always see that trickle down to – the coach saying that I'm accountable too. you know, you don't always see that. And I, I feel like there might've been a little bit of that with Tom Crean too. And I, and I don't mean to throw him under the bus the very first time I'm here. I'm not, I was, I was fine with Crean, but, um, but it, it seemed like, well, I need a little bit of time. I need a little bit of time, but these guys, I need them today. I need them today, but I need a little bit of time. Uh, you don't get that with Archie, at least not so far. No. No, and it, I mean, look, we, we've said many great things about Tom Crean on the show, supported him for, a, you know, the majority of the six years that we did this show. But I think we all got a little worn down this year by what felt like an endless supply of excuses. And, you know, so hopefully and again, you know, look, this is all Archie Miller's been on the job for two weeks. What really matters is obviously when the season starts and the wins start coming and the losses start coming and how you deal with it. But we can only judge based on what we see. And I think we all agree so far so good. All right, coming up on the assembly call, uh, some interesting recruiting news did come out the last couple of days, and so we want to talk on that. Uh, and also look ahead to the sophomore season for Deron Davis. That's next on the assembly call. Stay with us. You're listening to the assembly call presented by HoosierProud.com, where they offer a line of T-shirts and accessories that are unmatched for anyone who wants a unique, stylish way to display their pride in being a Hoosier. Go to HoosierProud.com and use the promo code AC for 15% off. I'm Jared Morris talking IU basketball with my co-hosts on the assembly call IU postgame show, Zach McCrite and Ryan Phillips. And you can, of course, join us after every IU basketball game over at assemblycall.com and every Friday right here for assembly call radio. So we're going to save a few of the interesting recruiting nuggets from earlier this week for our last segment. Just while we were recording this, a new video dropped from the Indiana basketball Twitter account. It's a guard video. I just watched it real quick. Curtis Jones, pretty much everybody that you would expect to be there is there. Curtis Jones, Devontae Green, Robert Johnson, James Blackman Jr., uh, so, and clearly James Blackman Jr. has already said he's going to test the NBA draft waters, but not hire an agent. So the fact that he's there still working out on campus, again, I take that as a good sign, you know, that he, like all the other players is really receptive to Archie Miller, giving him a chance. He hasn't, you know, gone elsewhere to work out with his own trainers. That's a good thing. Um, maybe dampens the excitement just a tad of seeing Thomas Bryant there at, at the earlier uh, video. But I still think it's a good sign that both of those guys are on campus working out. I really like that. Um, so, you know, speaking of Thomas Bryant, let's segue into talking about Deron Davis in this segment, because we're going to start going player by player and really looking ahead to what these guys need to do to take the next step as players. Um, and before we get into Deron, actually, Ryan, you've got an interesting little factoid, uh, that I think may blow some people's minds that you looked up in the break. Do you want to uh, reveal that now? Well, what's interesting is that Deron Davis is actually older than Thomas Bryant by about a year. Uh, Thomas's birthday is in July of 1997 and Duran's is in November of 1996. So he's actually a year older than Thomas Bryant, which, uh, you know, we were talking about this in the break as well is it's not that odd because these guys are back to back classes, but it's just interesting to think that he is far more physically developed. And we talked about this a lot is that when he stepped on campus, he was far more physically developed than Thomas Bryant was. And there's a reason for that. He's older and he's bigger. He's got more muscle mass and things like that. So I, I think that's interesting. Um, you know, he's a he's a 20 year old kid. He's ready to take the next step by by the time that the season gets going next year. He's going to be 21, uh, you know, so as a sophomore. So that's a guy who is who, who is physically up to par as they move on to the next, you know, move into the next season. Zach, you had a note on Thomas Bryant, I think, right? Um, I was just going to say, and this this kind of goes more towards recruit the recruiting or not the recruiting stuff. I'm sorry, but um, the watching of these videos and stuff, and and uh, these guys testing the waters and things of that nature. If I and and you guys 
tell me if you think I'm wrong here, but if if we see these guys, uh, seemingly everyone, um, including those who are going to quote unquote test the waters, practicing on campus, that to me seems like that they're probably not even gonna. None of them are going to hire an agent because if I, if I were and and follow me down this road, if I were to hire an agent or if even I thought about hiring an agent, wouldn't I go ahead and get it done and get me insured, you know, et cetera, et cetera, get, get, get all these things in line to where I can go ahead and start working out with said agency or, or the people that are connected with said agency and not necessarily with my college team. To me, that seems that, that screams maybe, and I could be blown away out of proportion, conspiracy theory, whatever, but it seems like that would tell me that all, all the guys that we expect to test the waters are going to do so without an agent. That, that's what I think, too. I mean, James said that, you know, Thomas hasn't announced, and I think the expectation for a while has been that OG will not just test the waters, but, I mean, enter the draft and, you know, pretty much be ready to go. Yeah, and I, and, and I guess – top 15 pick, so that Yeah, makes and I guess it only makes – I guess it only means Thomas Bryant is the only one that I'm really thinking of, I guess, because I say all three, but OG, we know, coming back from an injury, he's probably going to sign. Um, but – and James Blackman had already said what he was going to say, you know, or he's not going to be with an agent, whatever. Yeah. So I guess it's really just Thomas Bryant. But I would figure with Thomas, if you're going to, if you're going to sign with an agent, you stay off the floor. At least that's what I would think. At least, yeah, or go to one of those private academies or something and do it. Exactly, not a coach exactly. that you've never worked with. So, yeah, so a good sign. So, so let's jump in and let's talk about Duran and let's look ahead to his progression from freshman to sophomore because I think you know when you just look at his numbers. There's a few things that really jump out. You know, I think number one, it's interesting that he used more possessions last year on a percentage basis than anyone on Indiana's roster. He used 24% of possessions. Now, he didn't play a ton of minutes, as we know. He only played 34% of the available minutes. But when he was on the floor, Indiana, you know, typically made a concerted effort to get him the ball, and he was a focal point of the offense. It's going to be interesting to see how that evolves under Archie Miller, who has never really had a big you know, down on the block, postman, back to the basket, like Deron Davis. So what does Archie Miller have in his bag of tricks in his offensive arsenal to utilize a guy like Deron? I think the other two things that you look at, number one, the free throw rate and free throw percentage. Deron had a free throw rate of 67, 66%, which is outstanding. So, and he also made his free throws. He shot 75.6%. We know, you know, Archie Miller teams, they get to the line a lot. I don't know that you can get to the line a whole lot more at a, at a, at a much greater clip than what Duran did. But certainly him continuing that would be huge. The one concern is his two-point field goal percentage was not great. It was only 48.5%. You'll remember Thomas Bryant, as a freshman, was up over 70%. And I thought at times, Duran, even though he got good position, you know, kind of carried the ball low, has a low release on his shot, isn't you know, a great athlete, so it's not like he gets a lot of lift jumping. He really has to score with positioning. And he's going to have to do an even better job of that to increase that two-point field goal percentage. Because if he can, and if he gets that up into the mid-50s or higher, he is going to be a tremendously dangerous weapon. I mean, he already is, but that would kind of take him to the next level. So, you know, Ryan, when I look at Duran and some of the things that need to continue from what we saw as a freshman and then what needs to improve, and obviously we can spend some time talking defense too, but I think for him to continue being an offensive focal point, you know, he's got to be more efficient on the block, you know, with those two-point field goal attempts. And I think if he can do that, he can really take the next step. Yeah, I think that's a uh, – everything you said was was right. I agree with, which is weird. I rarely say that. Um, but, no, he uh, – you know, he went from playing uh, – being a Colorado prep star to playing in the Big Ten. There was going to be a transition period. Um, you know, Colorado is, is actually an up and coming state for basketball talent, but it's not, you know, Indiana. Um, so the guys he was playing every single night were nowhere near the same level as he was going to face in the big 10. And, you know, he plays like a big guy, like he's not a guy who steps out on the floor very much. And so he's going to body up against some really big dudes in the post. And so that I think really affected him. Um, not that he wasn't strong. We, we talked about this on the show. He just seemed very solid when he would get position. He didn't get bumped around. None of that. But it still affects you when you're going up and shooting against a bigger guy. Um, 
so I think that this offseason, remember, he didn't have the offseason program either. He came in very late to campus. Uh, I think that this is going to be a really key offseason for him to create two things. One, get used to banging against taller guys in the post and, and and get used to finishing around the rim when you're getting harassed and you're not four inches taller than the guy who's guarding you. And then I think secondly, he needs to work on his foot speed. He needs to work on his lateral quickness for defensive purposes. Um, he's a, He has a great basketball mind. He gets himself into great position defensively, and that leads to blocks and steals and, and some of those things in the post. But what he doesn't do is move laterally well, and, and especially if you're going to have him out there isolated and pick and rolls and things like that. He's got to be quicker, uh, a to stop the driver and B to, to, you know, recover to his man. So I think those are the two focal points for him is just getting used to going up against size and getting himself stronger while also working on foot speed and, and quickness. I think those are the two main things he's got to work on this off season. You know, I love this kid. I've been, I've been, you know, pumping him up for well over a year. You were there uh, when he was born. In fact, I think I was, about I was he... in the delivery room and you know, it, it's, you just knew from the start, you knew, um, but no, I've been, I've been a huge fan of his ever, you know, since we were recruiting him and, and thought that he was going to wind up being a great player for Indiana. I still feel that way. Nothing has changed after his freshman year. He's just got a few things to work out and, and he's got to be able to handle the minutes because there's a chance Thomas Bryan isn't back and he's a starter. Yep. You're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Zach McCright and Ryan Phillips, uh, breaking down Deron Davis. And, you know, I'll tell you one other thing that really jumps out, you know, when you look at the stats is Deron, he's got a big wide base. We know he's got the potential to be a good rebounder, and he was a very good offensive rebounder last year. In fact, only, I believe, Freddie McSwain had a, had a better offensive rebounding percentage than Deron, but Deron was not a good defensive rebounder. His defensive rebounding percentage was 12.3%. If you don't kind of keep up with advanced stats, that is not a good number for a guy of his size. In fact, Robert Johnson, Thomas Bryant, James Blackman Jr., OG Ananobi, Freddie McSwain, Jawan Morgan all had defensive rebounding percentages higher than Deron Davis. In fact, much higher. And so that's that to me is, again, another area where he'll need to get better. And part of that is that lateral quickness. Part of it is awareness and positioning. Uh, and because he, you know, he got out of position a lot on defense last year, and obviously teams, you know, tried to put him in pick and roll situations uh, that were tough for him. But he's also going to have to be a better defensive rebounder uh, coming into next year too. Zach, when you look at Deron Davis, what do you think are the biggest uh, other uh, additional steps for him as he looks to grow from his freshman to his sophomore year? Well, you know, you, you mentioned a couple stats uh, one after another, and if you put them together, it's awful. It's awful odd to me. You mentioned the free throw rate, which is just huge. I mean, 66.2 is uh, what was the biggest number on the team. So he was going, you know, which basically means, you know, I guess the the more times you've touched the ball, the more times you went to the free throw line, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so for him to have that number as a free throw rate, the biggest on the team, and yet still not be able to finish underneath the basket and on top of that be used in as many possessions as he did is mind boggling where I think all of us, uh, I, I know Ryan uh, felt this way. I mean, I, I listened to you guys for sure. And I, we were like, give the ball to him for crying out loud, post him up and give him the ball. Whereas now, if I just take a look, quick look at the numbers, if I'm an opposing coach, just don't foul him, just don't foul him. And you might be okay. But he was able to draw a lot of fouls when he got the ball. And I think that's what made, Indiana fans kind of have the warm and fuzzies about him, even if he didn't finish every single time around the rim. Um, so I, I think that's obviously key. You got to you got to finish around the rim. You know, I'm not I'm not going to uh, be able to come up with anything much more new than what you guys say. Um, be able to finish around the rim, but like you guys said, he. Ha I mean, you have to be able to rebound the ball better than that. You have to. I mean, there's um, there uh, Bam Adebayo of uh, of Kentucky is a guy who is probably going to be a first rounder. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I, I can remember reading not too long ago that one of the reasons he's kind of dipped is because look at this huge body that he's got and he can't even get himself a double double at Kentucky with all the minutes he's playing because he won't rebound the ball. He get, I mean, he might get seven or eight, but for his size, he needs to have more than that. The same goes for Deron Davis. Deron Davis has got to be a guy that, especially if Thomas Bryant is gone next year, he has to be the double-double guy. 
and, and it almost has to be like that every single game if if uh, if if we want to see an Indiana team that's gonna you know maybe inch up on twenty wins or more. And I'll tell you the other thing. So you guys remember how much Freddie McSwain fouled people last year, right? I mean, he was committing a lot of fouls. He actually committed six point five fouls per forty minutes. Deron Davis's fouls committed per 40 minutes was actually worse. Deron committed seven fouls per 40 minutes. Wow. Now, he drew six, which is amazing, uh, and that was the best on the team. But seven fouls committed per 40 minutes, by far the most on the team. And in addition to his conditioning issues, that's what kept him off the floor. And, and so, again, he's going to have to learn to play defense with better positioning. And I think just another year of experience will help him do that because he is, I think, a pretty instinctive defender. I just think Indiana as a team is out of position so much last year and was so kind of clueless with what they were doing. You know, Duran got cut up in that a lot. And so he needs to grow on that end of the floor as well uh, just so that he can stay on the court because there were a few games where he got in foul trouble within the first couple minutes and then picked up another one, and he could just never get on the court. So that's the other thing for him. Stay on the court. Obviously improve you know, with your footwork down low and with his, his ability to get the ball up on the rim, improve as a rebounder. And I think he's got a real opportunity to make a big leap from his freshman to his sophomore season. And if he can do that, that obviously bodes well for Indiana in 2017-18. Any final thoughts, you guys, on Duran? Did you guys like Duran and, and Thomas Bryan in the game together? At times. It worked at times in the right matchup, but against a good – a smart offensive team, they could really make Indiana pay. On, I felt like it hurt. I, yeah, I felt like it hurt big time defensively, but I, then I come back and go, what what lineup didn't hurt? I mean, there were a couple possessions where they you know played, played a little two-man game on the same side of the court, and it was beautiful, you know, because right. the mm-hmm. defender had to respect Thomas's three-point shooting, and Thomas actually is not a bad uh, post-passer. I love Thomas as a four. It's just that uh, on the offensive end, it's just that, on the defensive end, I mean, and I guess that's that's probably the main reason that that there's a new coach in Indiana. But um, the defensive end would have to change in that regard. That is, if Thomas comes back. But that's the only well, I think that that that's part of the reason why Duran needs to work on his lateral quickness. I think. I mean, Thomas too, yeah. if he's coming back. I mean, they both. You know, that's a process. That's you know, that's that's it's just an agility thing that they've got to work on because it's really hard to guard on the perimeter if you don't uh, have that. Yep. All righty, well, coming up in our final segment here on Assembly Call Radio, we're going to look back at a couple interesting recruiting notes and any other final thoughts that you guys have here on Assembly Call Radio. Stick with us. You're listening to the Assembly Call presented by HoosierProud.com. I'm Jared Morris here talking IU basketball with Zach McCright. Ryan Phillips needed to leave a little bit early. We are wrapping up on this episode of Assembly Call Radio. Uh, And news broke, obviously, Thursday night that Al Durham is going to honor his letter of intent and stick with Indiana. I thought all along that of the three uh, freshmen, uh, incoming freshmen, you know, between Al Durham, Clifton Moore, and Justin Smith. I always thought Al was the most likely to stay just because, you know, he's kind of the lower rated of the three. I didn't think he would have options like Justin Smith and Clifton Moore would have. And then there's obviously a long time relationship there between Indiana and Al Durham. So he is going to stay. And, you know, that's really now the next step for Archie Miller. He's done a really good job of focusing uh, inside, inside out, focusing on the guys inside the program. Now he'll be talking with Justin Smith and with Clifton Moore uh, about what their futures will be and getting out on the recruiting trail. And we got word this week that, you know, Archie was texting back and forth with Robert Finnessy, a point guard out of McCutcheon, who's been a priority for Indiana for a while, and also Romeo Langford. And any time... you know, there's a tweet or a news story that mentions Indiana and Romeo Langford in the same sentence. Indiana fans' ears perk up because uh, he's as big a recruit as we've had in the state in a long time. And, Zach, you live down there in Romeo Langford country. Uh, what kind of sense do you get about what's going on there? Well, obviously, just around here, the buzz is just bigger in, in Indiana high school basketball than it's been since – Indiana high school basketball moved to the class system 20 years ago. And I think a lot of that has to do with Romeo. It's not just how well he plays and how aesthetically pleasing his play is, but he's just a great kid on top of it. Just super, super great. And a a guy that Indiana fans and really fans of any school would immediately fall in love with, not just on the basketball court, but off. So um, I think altogether, it's nice to see it's a good problem to have that it looks like so far Archie Miller has got a, a huge roster crunch to have to deal with. He's getting player. No one said no yet 
And if that can continue all the way to Romeo Langford, I'm sure Archie Miller will get all the cushion he wants. Yeah, at and IU. these are guys who said yes to Tom Crean, where you might think like, That's hey, right. you know, maybe there's a, you know, a, a loyalty there, a commitment to Crean. Are they going to be open to this new guy? I mean, I think that does say something about his ability to recruit and sell his ideas, which, again, is a good sign for the future. You'd figure some turnover, and maybe there still will be, but yeah. so far, so good. Well, and if there's not, he's going to end up having an even bigger – well, actually, <laughs> it's not as big a problem. It's a problem that I think will make him uncomfortable because he's never been an oversigned guy. But we could end up having that crunch. You know, if Thomas and James yeah. decide to come back, uh, if, if Justin Smith and Clifton Moore decide to come, you know, there may be, you know, 14, 15 scholarships for 13 spots. And that's going Archie to will be... have to start creating the turnover instead of the other way around. Yeah, well, he will. And, and, and we'll see. And again, I don't think that's something that he was ever that he ever really wanted to do at Dayton. You know, he's a guy who at times, you know, only gave out 12 scholarships. Um and so we will see. Obviously, that would be a, a, a good problem to have, one that I don't think we'll see happen as much in the future. But we'll keep our eye on it and analyze it when it happens. Uh, but that'll do it for us on this week's episode of The Assembly Call. Make sure you join us at assemblycall.com every Thursday night for a live simulcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Or you can subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. Our thanks to Hoosier Proud for sponsoring this episode. Go to HoosierProud.com and use the promo code AC for 15% off. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to support the show, please share the assembly call with a friend or family member who loves IU basketball like you do. You can also visit assemblycall.com support to learn a few ways you can help from donating to grabbing official assembly call gear to buying IU merchandise that you'd buy anyway, but using our special affiliate links, which get us a commission. We rely on the support of audience members like you to keep the assembly call alive. Once again, the URL is assemblycall.com. As always, Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.